Welcome to the Hired by Passion podcast. I'm your host, Marcel Richard, and I will be interviewing artists and entrepreneurs on how they were able to escape the 9 to 5 and turn their passion into an income. Hello, and thanks for choosing to listen to the Hired by Passion podcast. If you're listening for the first time, I hope you'll enjoy it. And if you do, there's a whole lot more episodes out there that you can find at HiredByPassion.com. And if you've been listening for a while, well, then I'm sorry I didn't release an episode last week. I'm having some problems scheduling guests and hopefully I'll be able to produce some more episodes. But maybe I'll have to take a little break and queue up some more episodes in the hopper to be able to continue to release weekly. So maybe this is coming close to the end of season one, but I'm hoping to come back in force and be able to release on a normal schedule. So this week, I'll interview a friend of mine that I met not that long ago doing stand-up comedy. I think she's really funny, and I was—I thought she had a really interesting story that I wanted to bring to you guys. She hated her job for six years, then she finally decided to make the leap from her job to work in the entertainment field, which is something that she wanted to do for a long time. She tells us her story about how she saw this opportunity and she seized it by the horns and was able to make a business for herself in the entertainment field and make a career from her passion. So without any further ado, here is my friend, Melanie Beaulieu. So I'm here with Melanie Beaulieu. Melanie, I would like to ask you the first question that I ask everyone. It's uh, when you meet someone for the first time and they ask you the famous, what do you do? What's your answer to that question? Well, strangely enough, my answer is actually, I am a princess. Okay, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's yes. different, right? What, what kind of reactions do you get to that? Uh, usually a confused look. And uh, but some people will ask me like, oh, wait, is that you? Okay. <laughs> but usually most often than not, it's a confused look. So I guess you get that confused look. People say, what do you mean a princess? What, you know, how, how do you evolve on that? <laughs> well, what we do actually is we actually have about 27 different characters and we hire them out for parties and whatnot. So we use princesses we use singers for princesses so all the, the princesses that come in they are they have beautiful voices and beautiful stage presence and we have you know the guys that do the superheroes and our monster girls and we also have some villains here and there so sometimes we'll have skits with villains and whatnot so we actually go ahead and we hire these people out for birthday parties and for events and whatnot and uh yeah so we kind of we create smiles that's what we do actually okay so that's it's an interesting field. And where how did this, you know, how did you develop into saying this is what I want to do or something that I want to do? I was very open minded to what I was going to do next in my life at that point. I had just left a job that I was very blessed to have, but wasn't for me and I didn't quite like it. And it really it kind of it was just very heavy on my shoulders. It wasn't somewhere that I wanted to be every day. And I've always I was always that type of person that actually had a dream and wanted to follow it and whatnot. And I always wanted to be a singer and wanted to be in the arts and, and entertainment. And uh, when I left that job, I actually um, came home for a few months and kind of reassessed my whole entire life. And uh, I was talking to my mother and she actually said, like, you've sang your whole life. Why don't you use that? So I kind of decided the industry that I wanted to work in. So when I decided that I wanted to work into the entertainment industry, I just kind of had to figure out what I wanted to do in that industry. So I, I started with a few different projects and whatnot, but always had like a kind of an open mind to where it would bring me. So I started the company and uh, it was not even close to being characters for hire at that time. And at one point I was very pregnant with my second child and was rocking my first one and her birthday was coming up. And I knew being self-employed that I wouldn't actually have the time to give to her and devote her being that I wasn't going to take a maternity leave. And uh, I was just thinking like, you know, having that mommy guilt that everybody has. And I was okay. like, you know what? Like, I want to have a 
beautiful birthday party for her and hire a princess. And I looked everywhere and I couldn't find it. So I just kind of decided to, to make that happen for her. And one day being a mom, I was doing dishes and I just kind of thought like, wow, it's too bad that doesn't exist in Moncton. And all of a sudden it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh my goodness, like this doesn't exist in Moncton. And if I want it as a mom, that means that other moms most likely want it as well. So yeah, so it kind of started from there. And, and being that I already had the umbrella of the entertainment company, it was kind of just the next place to go for me. Like it was an obvious direction. It's almost, I had like an epiphany moment of, okay, I started this a year ago and now I know exactly where it's going at this point. So awesome. What I love about your story is that you kind of found the opportunity and made it work within what you wanted to do. And I think that's something that I think we all need to think about more because everybody says you have to follow your passion, find your passion and you won't work a day in your life. But it's kind of hard to be able to just say, I'm passionate about this and then make work for that, you know, or find ways of making money for that. But you found the opportunity. And since you already had a desire to sing and be in the entertainment field, you found that opportunity mixed in with your passion and then Mm -hmm. you made something work. So if somebody would ask you, what were you passionate about at that point? What would your answer have been? Just entertainment in general. Like I've always been. You know, like people will say that I'm a musician in, in a sense because I do sing in bands and, th- and things like that. But I would call myself way more an, an entertainer than a musician because that's that's very much my passion. It's an entertainment like I've done stand up and I've done improv and I've done theater and I've done all that stuff. And it kind of in, encompasses like my whole desire just to be a performer. Right. So, you know, when that came up and where I can morph into this character and I can also network, which I just absolutely adore doing with a lot of different entertainers and and people who, you know, are just great at their trade as well and give them an opportunity to work for me and to be able to kind of spread that joy as well. So it was kind of like a a great mix for my personality where there was the entertainment side and there was the business owner side and there was also the networking side where I can kind of put all those things together. And it was a perfect storm for something that is something that I love. So I think, I guess what I would say to people in a sense is just, if you do have a passion and you do want to create an income with it, you just kind of have to keep an open mind. Like you just have to step out and do it. And just kind of the open mind part is when I started this two years before, I had no idea that I was going to have a wig on every weekend. I had no clue, you know, but I knew kind of where I was going and I kind of let the cards fall where they may, where I, I had set up this platform as to, okay, well, this is the entertainment and this is the industry that I want to be with, be in, you know, how is this going to look? So, you know, and I, I'm still developing it. We have more plans in the future to expand and change things and, and add different things into the company, but just to have that open mind and to kind of, when the opportunity comes in, that you be open to it and you're ready to take it at that exact moment. Right. Okay. Was it a hard decision to make of I'm going to make a living in the entertainment industry? Because we all know that it's kind of a hard industry to make a living in. And a lot of people will try to dissuade people to go into that industry because not a lot of people who set out to make a living in entertainment actually do. So how did you motivate yourself to say that I'm actually going to make it work? Well, you know what? It's funny that you asked that because it actually took six years of doing a job that I totally despise. You know, as much as I was blessed to have it. I, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. So it took six years of just being in an environment where, you know, I kind of saw my life flash before my eyes almost where I was like, is this it? Is this what I'm going to do? Where the pain of staying the same was so much greater than the pain of changing that I wasn't willing to live that life anymore. I I had to be kind of in an environment where, you know, I could flourish and where I could use the talents that I was given and I use, you know, who I was made to be. And I just decided one day, like, I need to be Melanie. Like I can't be this person that, you know, either 
other people want me to be or that people think that I should be. I have to be Melanie and I have to use what I've been given. And, and I think we all have those talents and we, we tend to live like the nine to five and the daily, you know, the daily grind and whatnot. But I would rather live being Melanie and having, uh, you know, an income where some months is great and some months is not so great because you're self-employed and that happens. But I would rather have that and just be myself and be who I was created to be than to, you know, have a short income, but, you know, feel like kind of death every day. So it, in a sense it was because it did take me six years to go out and step out and do it. But when I got to that point where I was like, you know what, you know, life is too short to, to live like you're somebody else. It's time to be, to use the gifts that you've been given and just go ahead and, and do it. Did anything specifically happen that made you want say, okay, now is that I need to do this now? Well, I had, I had kind of just decided at one point that, you know, the, that work, even if it was a great job, wasn't for me. And when I, I came home, I think it was the moment where my mom said, you sing, you know, why don't you use that? You know, it was kind of like a, an epiphany moment where almost like a, not that I needed permission in any way, but almost as if like it was a blessing. Like it was, you know, like you use this, you've, I've seen you work on this your whole life. So my, you know, why would you throw away this thing that you've worked on your whole life. I've, okay. You know, she's, well, she was there. She heard me sing Celine Dion songs over and over again. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Were you optimistic that things were actually going to work out or were you scared that maybe you would have to go back to that job you disliked? That wasn't an option. Okay. I was never going back anywhere where I didn't like to work, but, um, uh, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And I think that's natural. But at the same time that I think that fear is a good thing, that fear of failure is a good thing because it pushes you to do those late hours and, and to wake up those early mornings and actually do it. Because I think that when I first started this, there was like this whole thought of, okay, well, this is going to be great and it's going to be a lot of work. But then when you get into it, the amount of work that you thought it was going to be and that you were willing to put in, you multiply that by 10 and that's what you end up actually working for, you know, end up working for a dollar an hour, almost the amount of hours that you put into being self-employed. But I think that it was just, I was at such a time in my life where I was ready to not live that status quo and not live that nine to five that I didn't, you know, it didn't matter how many hours of sleep I lost or how many hours of sleep I got that I was so willing to actually go ahead and, and do that. But it was just, uh, yeah, I was terrified, but that fear drove me to actually keep working harder and harder and harder. And it's so crazy how that fear, you know, once the success kind of started and once people started to get to know us, that fear kind of ended up changing into something very different than what it was at first. Like at first it was just, you know, you're losing sleep over, is this going to work? And then you're losing sleep over working these hours. And then you're lo losing sleep over the excitement that, oh my goodness, it actually, it actually did work, you know? Okay. So it's, it's quite exciting. Yeah. So how long before you quit your job and you started, you found this idea to do the princess themes and the superheroes and uh, what diversity bookings does now? Uh, about two years, actually. I quit okay. my job. Yeah. And, I, and it, it took some time. So it, it did, you know, there was a year where I was kind of trying to find myself and just kind of starting the networking and starting to put my foot down in this industry where nobody had a clue who I was. You know, we had these people who were established for years in this industry and locally, and they had never heard of me. Here's this, you know, 29 year old woman walking in saying, Hey, you know, how are you? You guys have been here since you're 20 and I'm just kind of walking in. So there was a year of, of very, of a lot of uncertainty and a lot of, but I was just willing to go ahead and like, you know, push through it. And I think, I think that's kind of, you know, when you get to that point emotionally and mentally, you just kind of got to get to that point where you're like, you know what, 
you know, I'm, at this point, I am so willing to just make a fool of myself <laughs> because, you know, you just kind of have to be what you're called to be, you know? Okay. So you were initially looking to find uh, singing gigs, right? You were looking to, yeah. to be able to sing. How did you plan on trying to penetrate that market? Like you said, you, you were meeting people who have been doing it for a long time and you were the new girl in town trying to make this work. So in your mind, what was your plan to make singing a career? It really was that it was a networking and, and meeting the people that kind of meeting the people that knew the people type thing. So you just kind of have to get your foot in that door. And even to this day, I'm very kind of I'm not when it comes to the music industry, which is something that we eventually want to kind of merge into as well. You know, I'm not there yet. So I'm just kind of taking baby steps since the princess things kind of worked out. But you know what? I just took a lot of guidance from people who had been there and, and done that type thing and just kind of started to get my foot in there and just kind of work towards that goal, just kind of set a goal that, okay, well, I want to be in a band. Therefore, okay, well, you know, at one point uh, I needed a guitar player and I just started looking on Kijiji and I saw this guy that said that he played classical music. And I thought, well, if he's teaching classical music, he's a good, he's a good guitarist. Okay. So we, you know, kind of met up. So just kind of like willing to take those steps and willing to talk to these people and whether you make a fool of yourself or not, you know, just, just going for it and just keep pushing towards that fear that, that initially is always going to be there, you know? And I, I think that fear is good because I don't think that you make logical choices if that fear is not there. Okay. So it still took you two years to get to where you are today. Did you feel like you were failing along that time or you felt that it was getting <laughs> to where you wanted to be? Uh, yeah, no, I definitely felt. I think, you know, yeah, it's, and it's that fear, that fear of failure that, you know, and I, I feel like I'm totally blessed to have that. I think it's a great fear to have because, yeah, I did, I did totally feel that for an extended period of time. And I mean, still to this day, because we're always growing to the next step and the next step and the company is supposed to get bigger and, and you know, we're supposed to have more things under our umbrella. So I definitely felt like a failure at some points and I will be feeling as a, like a, like a failure in the future. But I think that's a, I think that's in part a great thing to have because it, for me anyways, I'm the type of person where it motivates me to keep pushing to succeed. You know, okay. if I didn't have that fear of failure, I think that it, you have to have that in order to be a logical person, right? Yeah. So what, how do you think that you, you, you say just naturally you wanted to, to improve, but how do you think that you were able to continue pushing, feeling that maybe things weren't going like you were hoping they would? Well, I, it did kind of help that I had mouths to feed at home. Okay. <laughs> It really all goes back to that six years of life where I kind of had that epiphany where I was like, I can't, I can't be that person again. I can't be that person that sacrifices who she is for the status quo and for that quote unquote comfort. You know, that wasn't comfortable for me, okay. uh, you know, being kind of just stuck in that rut. I was very uncomfortable stuck in a rut. I would rather live on the edge and live kind of like in the uncertainty of income and things like that in order to, to have that kind of adrenaline and that push and that to, to actually go ahead and try to succeed. Right. So I, I think that was a motivation for me. It was, I, I might be an adrenaline junkie. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but there's also, you know, there, there was very much that drive of never going back to that life that was so not who I was meant to be. Okay. So now you're, you discovered the need for princesses and that what the service that you offer now, how did you develop a business in saying that there's the, there's this need and now I'm going to fill it. So how did you bridge that gap in that you were now going to be a businesswoman taking those sorts of gigs? It, it was quite interesting, though, because you have, I guess, I learned a lot about stepping out of my comfort zone and whatnot, because at first, I mean, I thought I would find a seamstress. She would make my costumes and it would kind of just be over like that. But 
it didn't kind of work out that way. So there was just so much that I had to learn along the way, like how to sew and how to make these costumes myself and whatnot, because she um, was very sick and she couldn't finish them in time. So I was actually forced kind of to do it myself and, you know, and just kind of pick up a, a needle and whatnot. And I think that it was just one of those things where you need to push you push yourself out of your comfort zone and just be willing to take any tasks that you need to do because nobody else is going to do them. Yeah. But now you're talking about sewing like, you know, that's, yes. <laughs> so did you sew before? What was, you know, how do you Not really? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm almost like I'm almost kind of tempted to say that I don't sew now, because if you look at the inside of my costumes, it doesn't really <laughs> look like I'm a seamstress, but it looks OK on the outside. OK. Uh, yeah, it was just it was one of those moments where it was like, OK, I don't have this skill. But at this moment in life, someone needs to have it. And you know what? I guess it has to be me, because if I'm going to make this work. This is just another obstacle that I need to surpass because, you know, I had tried the seamstress route and, it, it, you know, it wasn't working. We didn't have the same vision. So I would rather stay up and get two hours of sleep a night and finish a costume than depend on somebody else that may not be able to deliver exactly what, you know, the company's vision was and, and, and timing and whatnot type thing. So it was, yeah, so it's just a lot of different things that I had no idea that I could do. And turns out, you know, we can mold plastic and make some latex masks. And stuff like that. We had no idea we could do that, but it's it's quite exciting that we can, you know. So it's so growing up. Did you think that maybe someday you would run a business, or you just the need came and you just fell into being an entrepreneur? I think part of me thought that I was. There was always that part of me that gravitated towards that. I think it's a family thing a lot. My father's side of the family is very entrepreneurial, and we're very much like that. We're kind of made to be like that. I always thought I would be a singer, but kind of being a singer, you kind of end up being a self-employed yourself right because yeah. you're, you're selling yourself and whatnot so in a sense yes and in a sense no so i can tell you this i never saw myself with a job okay ever ever yeah. I, i always thought i would be doing something that i wouldn't have an employer okay even when you started that job that you stayed in for six years yes yeah <laughs> i just <laughs> yeah yeah i think i had one step in the door and one step out the door the whole time where i was in a temporary place the entire time that i was there okay. the temp but the temporary just ended up being a lot longer than i expected it to be so yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're very tenacious. The longest I was, <laughs> I, I jumped. I had my foot out the door sooner than uh, sooner than six years. So I, uh, I give it to you. To stick it for six years is really good determination on being able to to get it done. So probably the, some of that determination helps with the task that you have to do day in day in and day out at your your company now. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> What I'm wondering is that now that you discovered this need, did you have to book the gigs and then said, okay, I'm going to build new costumes or that's just something that you said, well, maybe it'd be nice to have a different costume. And then you, you build on to what the offering you're able to give. Kind of both. I kind of had a, if you build it, they will come type mentality okay. where I had such an epiphany moment when I was doing those dishes. And I thought, if I want this, other moms want this, that I kind of knew going in that I wasn't alone you know, this product, regardless of, of how good it was going to be, this product was going to sell, but I have too much pride to give a bad product. So, you know, I want, I'm doing my best, but I knew that if I wanted it that bad as a mom, other moms would want it as well. So I kind of started, we, we had five costumes and we went to the, to the Dieppe market and we kind of just launched it that day. And within a week we had, I think nine people had booked a party within a week just by wow. seeing us at the market. And then it just kind of grew especially from there where we, we've done some advertising, but it's a lot word to mouth and whatnot. And, and people see the product and they love it. The parents are at the parties. They see their kids just having a blast. And I think that I had this feeling where 
if I build a deal come. So I kind of started with a lot of popular characters. And then what happened after that is we actually, you know, when people would request a character, we would go ahead and we would build that character for them if they really wanted that specific character a lot of the time. And we can still do that. If someone has a specific character that they want and they, we have an extended amount of time, we can actually go ahead and we can build the character for them. Okay. But oftentimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll see characters that I want to build in the future and a wig comes in like six or eight weeks on eBay. So I'll, I'll actually, I have a bunch of wigs here that I don't have the characters for yet, but just I can whip up a character in a week if I need to type thing because the wig is already here. So yeah. I'm kind of planning ahead, but I just wanted to get the most popular characters out and get that show on the road and, and know that, so I guess, like I said, if I build it, they'll come. Type, yeah. I really, yeah. So were you surprised at the success that you got right off the bat or? I was, I was, okay. I have to say that I was because I had struggled for so long that year before I had struggled a lot where I was just kind of the networking and the networking and networking and, and talking to people and, and expecting that stuff would come out of it where it kind of didn't come out of it as okay. much as I thought. So I think that when it all of a sudden the ball just kind of started rolling and all that hard work that I had done before, you know, and those late hours and all that stuff kind of like finally paying off. I was surprised, I w but I think I was surprised because I was just used to the past failures of that year of okay. just, you know, getting, getting your door shut in your face all the time type thing, right? And what would you say is the biggest lesson that you learned during that time? Oof, so many. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Biggest lesson. Well, I've learned that you can go on very little sleep. I've learned that. <laughs> but I've, I've actually learned that whatever you set your mind to, If you're actually tenacious and you go for it and you learn from your mistakes that you can actually accomplish it. Okay. That was very eye opening for me where we can sit there and we can look at our life and say, well, you know, this and this and that, I guess I can't do this. But you know what, if, if I'm at A and I want to go to B, I'm willing to, to fail from A to B and to find a way to get there type thing. And uh, I think my biggest lesson was that there's nothing that kind of can be accomplished. You know, if you put your mind to it, you can actually go ahead and you can get it. Yeah. But if you're a failure, it, it often leads to inaction, right? People yes. are afraid of failing and they have a hard time taking action because they are so f terrified of failing. So it, was it something that was natural for you to say, I'm going to fail and that's going to be okay? Um, a little bit, but I think that I needed those six years of, of not being in a place where I wanted to be to okay. for that fa fear of failure to just be like, you know what? You know, I've been in such a worse place in life where I just felt like I like death the whole time <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, you know, a failure won't hurt that much. Okay. You know, I might skim my knee, but screw that. I'll just keep going. You know, I would rather be there than kind of feel like death type thing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, definitely. So so you never had the feeling of ah, maybe I should go back to work or is that never is never. Not no. Gonna happen. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but that's good. No. You know, that's, it gives you that motivation that you need to say, well, There's no other alternative. I have to make this work, right? Yes, Because there's exactly. no going back to, to that. No, there's exactly. And there's none. There's none. There's no way that I can ever go back to that. And <laughs> I would rather work a hundred hours in one week in something that I love yeah. than seven hours, you know, in a job that I hate in a week. That okay. thing I would. Yeah. So looking back, do you think you might've been happier doing something else or that you're really happy that it lined up the way it did. I am. I'm happy that it did line up the way it did because I don't know if I would have had the stamina to do this six years ago. I don't okay. know if I would have, because I, you know, life kind of has a way of, you know, switching, switching around and being like, okay, no, now you're doing this and now you're doing that. And just when I had become a mom with my first daughter, she was that child never slept. And that was the first moment I realized like, oh, I can go with less sleep. 
So then that kind of prepared me for later on. And, and that job that I disliked was like, oh, okay, well, there's worse things in life than failure, you know, so I can just go fail. So it's kind of like, I didn't never expect it. It would go this way, but yeah. Okay, cool. So Melanie, if you had to leave some parting words of advice of someone who's in your situation, working a job that they hate, wanting to be in the entertainment field, what would your guidance to that person be? I, I say that they should definitely follow who they are. Also make calculated risk as well. Like it's not as if I was a type of person that was, you know, I was a hockey player my whole life. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start singing. And all of a sudden just kind of start singing. This was something that was true to who I was for years and years and years before. So it was kind of like at that point where I knew myself enough to know what environment I was supposed to be in. And I think that it should be like that for somebody else as well. Like if you know yourself well enough that, you know, you've had years of experience where you're like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is my calling. And this is where I'm, um, I'm supposed to be going. Then I just, I say, make a calculated risk and go for it. And you just, you know, don't be afraid to fail because you, you will. And it's, it's part of success. It's the, one of the biggest parts of success and it makes success way sweeter when you actually have it, when you've, failed for you know a million times before you actually get that success so i think my advice to them would just be to make a calculated risk if you need let's say if you need some vocal coaching or some guitar you know get the help that you need to make sure that your craft is great and that you you know you can give a good product and go for it go for it that's what i'm saying what kind of resources would you say helped you the most along the way were there any books or mentors that really helped you uh, make a make this a, a successful go at it? Um, my, actually, I have a pastor that I, I, I do contact a lot with. He was great in sales. Okay. And sales is actually kind of a bit out of my comfort zone. For me, I was very fortunate to have a product that I knew would sell itself type thing. So it was really nice to speak with him because he kind of gave me an outside perspective of what it is to sell something to someone that they don't know they want yet. So that was a great mentor to have in that sense so that I can actually, you know, when my product before was a lot harder to sell to just go ahead and, and sell it. And as well, just kind of, to be honest, I wish I, w- I would have more mentors. Yeah. Uh, the type of industry that I'm in at this moment, unfortunately, is kind of something that's a bit off the wall. So it's hard to find someone that I can relate to me as well, I think, because it's a different type of business, I suppose. Yeah. But just, I guess, the person that I can point to is my pastor, Kevin. Okay. Your business is something that I've never really seen before. It didn't exist in Moncton, so that's why you did it. But, you know, it probably existed at other places. Were you able to find like a model that you could kind of bring here or? Well, yeah, no, exactly. When in the time where before I delivered my second child and when I kind of clued in that I this is where it was going, I wasn't going to make the costumes then because I was actually kind of getting back in my body from pregnancy and I didn't know what size I was going to be and stuff like that. So I did have some time to kind of start planning and meeting with lawyers and and just started to meet with people. But I did a lot of on- online research and turns out there was this company was kind of like all over the place. And what was exciting though is that what I could use from my past was the networking that I had done in singing competitions and whatnot and get those girls in and add that extra element of singing princesses because the other places don't necessarily have singing princesses. They just yeah. have the princesses that show up. So it was cool to look at those websites and kind of see, you know, what they had developed and what their packages look like and see what we could add in on top of that over a diversity. Okay. So did you get any competition that kind of got in when they say, Oh, wow, she's making a killing off of this. So I'm going to try <laughs> to, you know, move into that territory. A few, yeah, a few people kind of did, I guess. And that's great. That's fine. I, I have no problem with that. But a lot of it was kind of kind of like one shot deal where 
you have someone coming in, they do one show and then they head out type thing. Yeah. Not like to the extent where we have like 27 characters and, and duplicates of a few characters and stuff like that. Like not to that extent where we have like a business business type competition. Okay. Okay, so do you see yourself uh, moving away from the performance and doing the business? Or do you think that might, you know, eventually your business might get to that point where how are you going to stand in? Do I want to operate this business or do I want to be in this business? Well, I'm not going to have a choice, let's be honest, at one point, because I can't play a 19-year-old princess my whole life. So (laughs) at one point, I am going to have to step back and just be kind of a manager in a sense. But hopefully by that point, there'll be so many different I guess legs of the company where we'll have, you know, different theater things and different things like that, that I can really kind of just manage it as a whole and have staff and have. So yes, of course I do see myself as managing, managing it. Even if I do, I do love what I do. I love the kids and I just love, Oh, I I love the job itself. Eventually, unfortunately it's going to have to stop. There's not enough Botox in the world that (laughs) can make me look funny forever so yeah. yeah i'm gonna have to stop at one point and just manage it yeah no i, I guess that is a just a reality of the type of yeah. business right There's, you know <laughs> but how do you feel about that in the way that you know you are an entertainer but then now you you feel like you're gonna have to become a, a you know a, a business manager instead of an entertainer <laughs> that, does that scare I, you at all no no it doesn't actually because i i, I think that there'll always be entertainment and production even in theater or other types of entertainment that we want to bring into the company so i think i'll always have my hand in the mix when it comes to the entertainment of because that's just so so who i am but the princess side you know what one day i'm just gonna have to do my last party and look in the mirror and be like you know what this doesn't work anymore like i can't i can't pull this off anymore and and i just kind of i'm emotionally ready for that day if it happens tomorrow or in 10 years from now we'll figure it out then We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I just will use a lot of face creams from here to then. <laughs> I guess it's not fair that the male superhero is in the, right? the, the, the you, They can wear a mask. So <laughs> it doesn't can. matter, right? You know, maybe I can kind of just gravitate towards a villain at one point. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Like, <laughs> we'll just have, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, it is going to be a sad day, but I'm, I'm prepared to, to look at that in the mirror. I think it'll be sadder for me emotionally that I'm like, oh, goodness. Look at how I look now. You know, it might be more sad in that sense than it would yeah. be in the sense of letting that go. Because I know that there'll always be, we're going to grow this where it's, you know, there'll be different things to the company where, you know, if, if at that point we're putting on a theater production or if we're doing whatever. Awesome. Well, maybe someday you can hire me. Well, <laughs> I would not be opposed to that. You're a very, very entertaining guy. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Mirani. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I think you delivered a lot of value and I'm uh, hoping that people are going to enjoy this as much as I enjoyed talking to with you. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you and I'm honored to be uh, amongst the ranks of people like Biff Naked and Mike Ward. This is uh, quite amazing. I, I feel honored and, and uh, humbled to be asked. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, man. And you have a great Thanks. night. Thanks for listening to the whole episode of the Hired by Passion podcast. I hope you enjoyed my interview with my friend Melanie Beaulieu. I really like Melanie's story because she wanted to be in the entertainment field and she wanted to do it by singing. But at the same time, she was able to find an opportunity and make a career for herself in the opportunity that existed. And I think that's an important part of being able to make a career from your passion because it's easy for people to say, follow your passion and do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. But I think at the same time, you need to be able to do something where there's an opportunity for. There needs to be a demand for what you're offering for you to be able to make a living from your passion. 
I've thought about that a lot in the recent days because I listened to an interview from Tim Ferriss with Mike Rowe from the show Dirty Jobs. And he talked about that, how these people doing these dirty jobs, they can't say that they're passionate about it, but they're passionate about having the opportunity to do a service to people that need it. So I think there's a lot to learn about that, of being able to find opportunities that you can merge with your passion and be able to make a career for yourself. I really enjoyed Melanie's parting words of saying, know yourself, make calculated risks, be willing to fail, and then go for it. So I think there's no better way to end this episode with those words. So I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, there's plenty more episodes that you can listen to at HiredByPassion.com or Google Hired by Passion. And you can find me on Facebook by searching for Hired by Passion. There's a Facebook group you can join or go on the Facebook page and connect with me. I want to know how I can help you make a living from your career. So thanks for listening and I'm looking forward to connecting with you. Thanks for listening to the Hired by Passion podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. 